Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcasts. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. The following message is presented by our senior leader, John Poundstone. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you are here. I have been wanting to bring this message for so long. First, I want to take a little side trip. Uh, There is a man who is my spiritual dad. He is the man who has founded a a number of different churches, probably one of the first mega churches years and years ago. He left pastoral ministry many years ago, and that's when we encountered him and immediately became close, and we've been close for the longest time. He's who came here and set us in as the leaders of the church. And this is his 61st year of ministry. And today is his birthday. So on the recording and for the universe, I just want to say, happy birthday, Dad. We love you and we honor you. Amen. Some of you can take a brief nap because you've heard a number of these things before. 2023. It's almost over. At the start of the year, we said, God wants his church back. His church. At the start of the year, we've been, we said, and we've been saying it all year long, he is winnowing his church. He's separating the fans and the followers. Loves the fans, blesses and chases the followers. Loves the fans, but Love him as much as he does. He's kind of over it. Kind of over it. He wants his church back. He'll continue to bless his fans. I mean, love his fans and chase his followers. Every year we ask the Lord for prophetic direction for the the upcoming year. And this year, we felt like the Holy Spirit was strongly saying and singing, even, even singing, become. That would be the like the like the uh, backdrop of a stage play or something like that, become. The theme word for the year was become. The action words for 2023 have been follow, pray, speak. And we've we've brought a lot of messages and a lot of time and a lot of training toward that whole follow thing. And getting a little long in the tooth, I thought, hey, why don't I start a series of messages, not in a row and not just as the Holy Spirit leads, what I wish I would have known or known more fur, more fully back when I was before who I am now trying to figure out what this whole disciple thing. What I wish I had known, been taught, had experienced back then. And the reason I'm bringing these messages is so that you or your family or the people that you love or the people you work with can get a leapfrog jump start to mix metaphors. Does that make sense? I, I really want to invest in you some of the things that really great theologians, a whole lot of experience, some trips, mountaintop trips and some valley trips, and what a a ton of deep study 
in the Bible, influenced by really great authors and theologians, has taught me. This is actually the 14th of those messages. Things I wish I would have known. Now, every week, I waited to do this on purpose. Every week, I move stuff aside, and I bring my podium, such as it is, to the side, and I completely get everything out of the way to the best of my ability without hurting other people's equipment or putting the mic stand on my mic cord um, so that the view of that is unimpeded. And what is that for those that are on the recording? It's the cross. It's the cross of Christ. And I think we're probably going to end up talking about it a lot in 2024, but today I'm going to bring what could easily be one year's of messages in a little more than 15 minutes, <laughs> which is all the time I have, except for I'm going to take more. Doug and Chrissy Logan were uh, part of this church back in the day. It predates me and my wife. They beautifully crafted this. They beautifully crafted the tile one in the foyer. And if you walk outside, you can see a fish in the rocks and they it turned out that I ended up doing both of their funerals. So I just want to honor the memory of Doug and Chrissy as I talk about that cross. Why do I leave the cross unimpeded? Well, I want every person to have visual and physical access to the cross. We want to make it as easy and safe as possible for anyone to do business with the Holy Spirit. To come to Jesus or to come back to Jesus or to come in Christ or to Jesus more fully. Today, the Holy Spirit's objective, and I pray I can help him. Father, I pray that this blesses you and lives change. Today, I'm hoping to help you see this cross in a new way. To see the cross and the crucifixion anew. For a very long time, I heard or I was taught or I learned why the cross and why the crucifixion. I understood. But frankly, over the years, I just couldn't make sense out of it, what I was being taught or heard. Listen, not, I'm not running anything down. I'm not denigrating anything. I am just kept thinking there must be more. So let's get into it. Next slide, please, Debbie. These are the things that are taught very commonly or that I have been taught or have um, been prevailing in Western Christianity and especially evangelicalism. Jesus died for my sins that I might later go to heaven instead of hell. Jesus died so that I could invite him into my heart. Jesus died that I might could have a personal relationship with God. Jesus died as substitution for us and our sins. Jesus died as punishment for the wickedness and sins of humanity. Jesus died to incur and absorb God's wrath. Jesus died to atone for our sins as, as propitiation, or other words that you've heard. Do those sound common? Please raise hands if, that, if any of those ring a bell with you. 
Okay. Pretty much every hand in the room is up. Here's my challenge, and I don't have time to get into each one, so I'll probably bring a separate message over time. My problem with each one is I've read the Bible since a very young age, and I could not find any of that in the Bible. I could find atonement. I could find lots of Bibles that say propitiation. I could find, yeah, that's about it. So over the years, and with no small investment, I studied for myself, and I approached teachers and theologians, and I learned that I learned to trust. In a few moments, I'm going to sum up my own words on a different slide, the importance of the crucifixion. But first and most importantly, let's look at what the Bible actually says, straight up, head on. In the short time we have today, I'm going to only refer to a few New Testament scriptures. Rest assured that what I will share with you spans both Testaments fully. Do you see that funny-looking word on slide two at the bottom? Helasterion. That's a Greek word. That's a Greek translation of an ancient Hebrew word. One of the messages I can't wait to get into is how deep and how ancient this mystery, which is, doesn't have to be a mystery anymore, is is. This goes back to Deuteronomy, the Exodus. It directly relates to Passover. It directly relates to Easter. It's incredible, the richness of the crucifixion and the cross. Actually, it goes back to the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. (laughs) Can't wait. But I don't have time today. So next slide, please. What does the Bible actually say? These are not out of context. Please, I challenge you, or I invite you to go look them up. I'm not proof texting, taking things out of context. The Apostle Peter, through the Holy Spirit, other way around, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Peter said, For Christ also suffered once for us, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the Spirit. You can read the Passion Translation. Sometimes that's a great translation because it really accentuates the Aramaic language. Sometimes it's a little suspect, as are all translations. There's Peter. Let's hear from somebody else. Next slide, please. 1 Corinthians 15. This is Paul. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. The NIV says it a tiny bit differently. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. The Passion says, For I have shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance. The Messiah died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecies of the Scriptures. That is a more accurate translation of that particular Scripture. First John. Let's hear from John. You are my dear children, and I write these things to you so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, we continually have a forgiving Redeemer who who ends the curse, who is face to face with Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice, the satisfaction for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. That includes more than people. Back to Peter. 
everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by His divine power, for all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him who called us by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. I don't know. That doesn't, to me, sound like an angry, vengeful, ticked-off God. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of this world. There seems to be a thread here. Would you agree? Now, there was a totally different situation than all of these pastoral epistles in the region of Galatia at the time Paul crafted the book of Galatians. Totally different situation. The situation there was that the, the churches were trying to go back or reincorporate the law and the, and the old Jewish heritage, which Christ had fulfilled. And he's saying, hey, dudes, dudettes, uh-uh. No, there's a whole new thing. And this is, he starts off like he does every one of his letters, blessing the people to whom he writes. And very early on, the first part of the book of Galatians, and again, this dates back to Passover, and because Paul was a Pharisee, and I wish I had more time. I don't. We're going to read this one together aloud. Here's how Paul puts it. When we get to the red letters, which I added, I'm going to ask you to kind of shout them so people, even on the recording, can hear you. Will you do that with me? Ready? Read. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our Father. That's the ESV and the NIV, and it's pretty much every other translation too, which I looked up probably 30 or more. Let's see it in the Passion. Again, we'll read this together aloud, and I will ask you to shout the red letters. Ready? Read. I pray over you a release of the blessing of God's undeserved kindness and total peace that flows from our Father God and from the Lord Jesus. He's the anointed Messiah who offered himself as the sacrifice for our sins. He has taken us out of this evil world system and set us free through our salvation, just as God desired. What's the evil world system? Well, I have it asterisked below. The whole, the whole mindset of us versus them, one up, one down, the whole paradigm, power and violence, shoulds and performance, should nots and performance. And what N.T. Wright or Tom Wright, who wrote a phenomenal book about this very subject, calls the works contract. Yes, he died for my sins so I could go to heaven. And between now and then, I need to live in righteous ways. And that keeps me in good standing with the Lord. And that's how he, in, in turn, gives me more, the works contract. Do you see my conflict? The first slide. This is clearly what the Bible says. And again, I don't know. 
wild guess, 200, 300 scriptures I could cite that back this up. Here are my, here's my version of that first slide, based upon decades of experience and research. I would imagine it's possible that there would be messages in 2024 in each one of these. I'm going to tell you straight up, to the best of my ability, and Father, I pray this is honors you and Holy Spirit. Help each person to discern. Help them to, as my beautiful wife says, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. In Jesus' name. Christ died for our sins, for sin, which is idolatry. It roots in idolatry, according to the scriptures. Christ died to fully conquer all evil, its dominion, its rulers, and its evildoers. Christ died to inaugurate and initiate the kingdom of God in the earth. Christ died so we might more fully know the Father and have access to Him. Christ died so we might call on heaven. It's open, has been for 2,000 years, and bring its ways to earth. Christ died so Holy Spirit could become on in and through us. Christ died that we could do greater things and defeat enemy works. That's what you have stepped into when you make him your Lord. That's what you are supposed to do. That is your role in the earth, is to live, breathe, walk, manifest, and do these things. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Authority and power. Matthew 28, Romans 14, 17. Our cities, our families, our workplaces, our region, our nation, our world needs you in this role. Now, I'm not in a black church, but I'm throwing my white hanky right at that cross. Lord, I wish I was. That's what the cross is about. And so much more. Every time you see that, or the one in the foyer, or anywhere, the one around somebody's neck, it, it, it is a beautiful thing that Christ did, but the cross itself was hideous and ugly, homemade, crude, thrown up by the Romans out of oh, what Christ went through and what he did for us, that these might happen. I hope that you see it in an entirely new and profound way. And I hope that every time you see a cross anywhere, somehow the Holy Spirit brings this to mind and you step back into it. The resurrection of Christ is by far the most important event in all of world history and no event until Christ's return will ever be more important. That could not have happened but for his willingness to undergo his brutal suffering, crucifixion, and death. Jesus has overcome the world. He has told us that. He has promised us that. His government and systems supersede any of this world. The prophets told us they would. Jesus did it and confirmed it happened. So what fundamentally is the importance of the day that Christ died. This whole message can be summed up on the next slide. The day, oh my God. 
the day that Christ died, the revolution began. I'm out of time. It's time for table time. The cross is the gateway to the manifest ruling presence of Christ, which is what is meant whenever we see, hear, or say the term, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The alive, in action, ruling presence of Christ in our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts, in our actions, in whomever and whatever we influence from this day forward. You can know that more deeply and you can have it more deeply. I've put some journals on the table. There are more if you need one. So here we go with table time. May I see that slide, please? Here are your directions, guidance. You don't have to get to all three questions. If your table decides you want to process one or two, that's awesome. But I hope you'll write them down for yourself. And if you only have your phone, I hope you'll write them in your phone. Then take them home and write them down with pen and ink in some journal. Because there's something about putting a pencil or a pen to paper that makes this work more profoundly. At your table today, please discuss what stood out to you from today's message. There's no right or wrong answer. Just what stood out. At your table, somebody, or more than one somebody, talk about what do you think the Holy Spirit's saying right now? At least to me. At your table, this is, in my mind, the most important question. It's 12 days until Thanksgiving. Through the lens of the cross, we can expand our thanks and our gratitude. It's 43 days until Christmas. After today, maybe we can more truly and deeply commune with the reason for the season. It's 49 days until New Year. After today, maybe you can invest in asking, seeking Holy Spirit for your prophetic words, not resolutions, prophetic words. What's heaven saying for you for 2024? It's 137 days until Good Friday. It's March 29th, 2024. Let us set our sights and our minds and our hearts on resurrection. Let us set our hearts and our minds on truth, our true selves, our true callings, our true assignments, our true identities. The pathway to those is the cross. What a Christ. What a Christ. Each day, may we more deeply and truly find and follow this wonderful Jesus, his way, his truth, and his life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcasts. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m. held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.